gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 96, which is entitled Till Death Do Us Part. I am your host, G2, and today is October 16th. But before I get into the topics today, let me read off the National Food Days of the week. Today is Liquor Day, which is another variation of liquor. But nevertheless, I want people to please drink responsibly. Tomorrow, October 17th, it is Pasta Day. So eat as much pasta as you want, unless you're on a diet, then try to cut out the pasta, but at least try to get some wheat pasta, and if you like wheat pasta. Um, October 18th is a Tuesday, Chocolate Cupcake Day. October 19th, Seafood Bisque Day. October 20th, Branded Fruit Day. I have no idea what branded fruit is. I think they just mean, like, eat something from a company that has branded fruit. Anywho, uh, October 21st, there's a Friday, Pumpkin Cheesecake Day. Then October 22nd, it is Nut Day. So that means eat all the nuts that you want, peanuts, cashews, almonds, uh, pistachios, all the nuts that you want. And I know there is an immature joke there, but I'm not going to do it, even though I want to so bad, but I got to hold some restraint. Now, with that being out of the way, let's get on to the topic for today. Uh, I want to wish condolences to the family of Willie Spence, as it's come from CNN. American Idol season 19 runner-up has died at the age of 23. Willie Spence, a singer who as a teen went viral with his rendition of Rihanna's hit Diamonds and was the runner-up on season 19 on American Idol, has died. The show confirmed in a social media posting on Wednesday. He was 23 years old. We are devastated about the passing of our beloved American Idol family member, Willie Spence. He was a true talent who lit up every room he entered and will be deeply missed. We send our condolences to his loved ones. The singer was killed in a car accident. In Tennessee on Tuesday, according to CNN affiliate WSB, citing the Marion County's Sheriff's Office. Spence was driving an SUV when he went off the road and crashed into a car that was stopped on the shoulder, according to the accident report. TMZ also reported that a family member confirmed to them that Spence died after a crash. So first and foremost, I want to wish condolences to the family of Willie Spence and the friends of Willie Spence. Um, I never watched American Idol. I never have. I've always heard the hullabaloo about American Idol. But whenever I saw the TMZ report of this man passing away and saw the age of 23, I said, one, that's weird. He's too young. But again, we're in a weird time. People that are young are just passing away left and right more than I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And two, I just had to see how powerful of a singer he was. And you can go back on YouTube right now because all of his performances on American Idol are still up there and even on his own personal YouTube page you can hear his rendition of Diamonds and my guy was a powerful singer his singing voice was top notch and to me personally again I make this known every time I'm not much of a music guy I listen to rap I listen to anything my brother puts me on and even my younger brother he's more of a uh guy that listens to everything, whether it be electronic music, uh, K-pop, even some soul from time to time, even like um, pop music. I'm surprised this guy never popped up on his radar because that would be more of his genre with this guy. He had a powerful voice. And when I listened to some of his uh, renditions from either on the American Idol uh, clips that are up there or his YouTube uh, page, I ain't gonna front with you. I shed a thug tear. I, I, I shed one because I said, by God, that was that was strong. And just to know that this voice will never be heard again. It's weird. It truly is. I still don't understand. It's weird. If you haven't listened to him, I would suggest you go to his YouTube page and just listen to the man sing. The man was top notch. I mean, truly top notch. So, again, recipes to Willie Spence. I am... Sorry that this has happened to his family and loved ones. And I hope that as time passes, they'll be able to be able to slowly get back to their normal uh, foundation, get back to a normal headspace, get back to a normal um, 
thinking space because right now, just just to hear about somebody that died in your family at the age of 23, especially in a car wreck, and especially knowing the type of power that he had in his voice, and that you knew he was literally up next to be one of those singers that was going to be traveling everywhere before he really pops and really blows it out big. This is going to be some time, and you know that. Um, I'm running in circles here, but again, rest in peace to Willie Spence, and I just want his uh, family and loved ones to know that um, they have my condolences. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. to the first news topic of today. This comes from Boston 25 News. 91-year-old civil rights pioneer stabbed multiple times while walking her dog. A 91-year-old civil rights and educational activist was stabbed multiple times while walking her dog in Boston's Franklin Park on Tuesday night. Emergency crews responding to Playstead Road within the park around 8.30 p.m. found an elderly woman suffering from apparent stab wounds, according to Boston Police Department. The victim, whose sister and former Boston City Councilor Tito Jackson, identified as Dr. Jean McGuire, was taken to an area hospital. She is said to be in stable condition. What did he want? Doll walkers don't carry money. We carry poop bags and ID. That's all he's going to get unless he has the urge to beat up somebody who's defenseless, McGuire's sister told Boston 25. When asked about the incident, Mayor Michelle Wu said, I'm disgusted and angry to know that an elder in our community had to fear for her safety going about her daily routine, walking her dog. And so I want to thank our emergency responders for their very quick action to ensure that the health care and treatment was so quickly accessed in Boston police who are pursuing a very active investigation. So far, no arrests have been made and police are still trying to track down the suspect. Police noted that a Preliminary investigation revealed that the suspect may have been injured during the attack. McGuire's sister told Boston 25 that her dog may have been the suspect during the encounter. McGuire was a leader in the fight for equal rights in education for black communities in the 1960s. She was also the first black woman to gain a seat on the Boston School Committee. Additionally, McGuire served as the executive director of METCO for more than four decades. She is also known for advocating for black educators, calling for the need for racial and community representation at all levels. It was just shocking to know that someone who was part of this community for so many years fighting for this community was stabbed and hurt in the community where she works and lives and walks on a regular basis, said Metco President Millie Thomas. So here's my thing with this situation. One, you are low scum of the earth if you're stabbing up a 91-year-old. If you're even attacking the old 91-year-old person, what's up with you? Like, let's let's be honest here. I think we need to have conversations about people that attacking people just out here, especially if they're elderly civilians. There's a time and place if you want to get your, like, stuff in on people. Like, if you want to attack somebody that's 30, 40, you can do that. I wouldn't suggest it. Again, I wouldn't do it. But just think about the age differences. 30, 40-year-old compared to a 91-year-old. 91-year-olds are frail. They are not out here for to harm nobody. They're not, no, they're just out here to be out here and just walk and try to get as much oxygen into their body before there's their time to go up to the upper room or just leave this earth. Let's just call a spade a spade here. And for someone to stab up a 91-year-old, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't at all. Now, I hope that whoever this dastardly person is gets caught for real because this doesn't make any sense. Like, let's just be honest. 
You see a 91-year-old walking around with a dog, you're just going to be like, okay, look at them. They're trying to get as much energy as they can in, in their body. Okay, good. Good for them. That's the that's the most you're going to think of them. If you see somebody old walking with a dog, you might just go off to the dog and say, oh, what a cute dog. Let's be honest here, but you're stabbing up somebody. That doesn't make sense at all. That had... Uh, it doesn't make sense. I'm a human being to just try to look at everything from a plain human being perspective, from a rational human being's perspective, and usually, in a lot of time and instances in this world, not a lot of things you can rationalize with human beings because certain human beings don't have rational thinking skills anymore. This world has become so damned and maddening that you got to now look at, okay, was this person off their rocker? Did this person have any mental problems? Was this person having a bad day? Was this person just... You got to think about all these things now to just even try to even see the humane side of why somebody will even do this. And, and there's no way that I can even imagine just anybody just stabbing a 91-year-old person. It doesn't make sense to me. There's no rational side. I can't look at it from a mental health side. I can't look at it from, did this person have a bad day? I can't look at it from anything. I, I can't. If a 91-year-old person was to even say anything racist to me, you know what? I'll just let it be because you know what? They're almost off this planet anyway. If somebody looks so old, says anything bad to me, I just let it run off my back. You wonder why? Because they're about to leave this planet. What, what am I going to do? I can't rough them up. I'm not going to beat them up. I'm not going to do anything to them. It makes no sense for anybody to do that. But I don't even think this woman said anything wrong to anybody. Because again, for you to be a civil rights activist, for you to be fighting for all these things that you are known for, I don't think at your late age you're going to start now picking the time to be racist or anything. So I don't think this woman even said anything. I just think this was just a random stabbing. And I hope whoever this person is gets captured for real. Because I don't want nobody 91-year-old. I don't want no 80-something-year-old person to get stabbed up by somebody for no stupid reason. It makes no sense. But I hope Boston takes care of that. And my prayers are to the McGuire family at this time of recovery. Now off to the next topic, as this comes from the other side of the country, this is from Los Angeles, as this comes from Yahoo News. Nuri Martinez resigns her seat on the Los Angeles City Council following release of racist comments. Nuri Martinez, the former president of the Los Angeles City Council, who stepped down this week from her role after the publication of a 2021 recording that captured her making racist remarks, resigned from council Wednesday. It is with a Broken heart that I resigned my seat for Council District 6, the community I grew up in, in my home, Martinez wrote in a statement released Wednesday afternoon. Now, I'm about to play you the audio clip that was released on Reddit, then it got picked up by every other news publication, but this particular audio is coming from CNN. Mike Bonin is an LA City Council member and father to a young black son. Last year, they went to an MLK Day parade. City Council President Nuri Martinez had some issues. It's like black and brown on this float. And then there's this, this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. The kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the float, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. Translation, little monkey. They're raising him like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid is a beat down. Like, let me, let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Bonin tweeted that Martinez attacked our son with horrific racist slurs and talked about her desire to physically harm him. It's vile, abhorrent, and utterly disgraceful. The leaked audio recording was actually published last Sunday by the Los Angeles Times. And just hours after the recording was published, Martinez swiftly issued an apology and resigned as president. But she resisted calls to step down from the council altogether, even as pressure swiftly mounted from all corners of the political world to force her out. She was also in that room with two other gentlemen during that recording. Uh, one was a Gil Sildilio. Another one was a Kevin Delon. And they are also getting some flag as well for just allowing her to say those type of racist things in their presence, but as you can tell, she stepped down, she resigned. I don't think those other twos are 
two dudes are going to step down at all, personally. One's a councilman. Uh, the other one is a Los Angeles uh, mayor candidate. I don't understand this myself. Again, um, you got to be careful out here. If I'm just going to be blatantly honest with you. You have to be careful. You can't be saying things on recording. And people might say, well, nobody knew they were being recorded. You always, in some type of way, got to act like you're being recorded when you're in an office uh, position. If you're in a high-pressure, like, power position, you got to know you're being recorded. You got to act like you're being recorded. You got to talk like you are being recorded. You just can't be talking out your mouth recklessly. And that has caught people by surprise a lot whenever their leaked audio of what they say gets published out there in the news. They get caught with the Pikachu emoji face of the surprise. Like, wow, yes, you got caught. You were thinking that you weren't being recorded, but you were. So if you are the president of the United States, you're the president of a country, you're the president of a university, you're the president of any type of thing, or you're just a person working in a government position or a school position or any type of position that has power, you got to act in every room that you walk in and you have any conversation with people, you got to know you have the possibility of being recorded. You have the possibility of your words being used against you at any time because we are in a day and age where you are being recorded, period. People have recorders on their phones that they can just easily pop in, walk into your house, and just start having a conversation with you. A friend that you think is a friend, guess what? They might be an enemy that just might be, might be wanting to snake you in the back. Who knows? I don't care. At the, For this one, right here, for this type of situation... She got caught, she got busted for saying something racist, for saying a racist term with her two council buddies, and the audio got leaked. Even though it was a year later audio, it doesn't matter. You still said something, and it came out to the public. You were a dumb idiot in that type of, in that way. And people might be saying to themselves, how can you say you're a dumb idiot because you thought she was talking to her two friends? Again, as I said before, you got to know and you got to act like you are being recorded at all times, especially when you are in a seat of power, because you don't know who is going to try to snake you in the back. Now, has everybody in their household said something derogative about somebody behind their back inside their home? I'm pretty sure, yes. We are all flawed human beings. You might not like a co-worker, and you might go to your home, speak to your spouses, or speak to somebody on the phone inside your home, or have them come over, whatever the case may be, and you talk about said person, you don't think you're being recorded, because that's just normal human behavior. You just think you're not being recorded. But, again, this day and age, this time that we're living in, everything's recording you. If you think I'm lying, your phone's being recording right now. Your phone is recording you at the exact moment. You have an Alexa device inside your home. Guess what? You are being recorded. You have Siri. Guess what? You're being recorded. You are being recorded all day, every day, whether you know it or not. People that have laptops right now, I'm recording on a laptop device. This camera that I'm looking into that I know that is not on, quote unquote, it's recording me right now. And I know that verbatim. That's why certain people that you see on college campuses, they have tape and they have like a little uh, board or paper covering their uh, web camera because they know they are being recorded. They know this. This is the type of stuff that happens. We've seen uh, technology getting tampered with and people being secretly recorded. That's what happens. I just want people to know you are being recorded every moment of your life with this new devices that are you are bringing into your home voluntarily, by the way. Because you don't have to buy an Apple. You don't have to buy an Android. You don't have to buy Alexa. You don't have to buy any of these other type of high, high technological, and that's not even a word, but you get the drift. Buying these te technological advances devices. You don't have to buy these things, but you do to make your life way more easier. You can buy a flip phone. You don't have to have these big, high expensive uh, technological devices in your home. You're doing that voluntarily, so you got to know that you are being recorded, period. 
and this woman got caught out. She got busted. And the public outrage that came out from this leaked audio made her go into the point that she has to resign and step down from her official, like, position. So it is what it is. So here's one thing you can take out of anything that you do in this episode today. Act like you are always being recorded. With any room or any place that you walk into, act like you are being recorded at all times. Hell, when you walk into stores, you're being video recorded. Literally, you could just walk in, you can see a camera right there, you can see multiple cameras around a building. You are being recorded. So, act like you are being recorded, especially if you are in a position of power. Don't be an idiot and slip up and say something dumb. Now, on to the next topic. This comes from Yahoo News. As it's talking about the Parkland school shooter. Um, the jury recommends life in prison without parole for the Parkland school shooter. A jury in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, on Thursday recommended that Nicholas Cruz be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for killing 17 people in the mass shooting at Parkland's uh, Stoneman Douglas High School. The unanimous verdict from the 12-member jury came on the second day of deliberations. Cruz has been facing the death penalty, but Thursday's verdict means he will avoid that fate. For each of the 17 counts, the jury found existence of all aggravating factors, including that the murders were carried out in a cold, calculated, and premeditated manner. But that did not outweigh circumstances established by the defense. Cruz's lawyers had claimed his birth mother's excessive drinking and drug use during pregnancy left him with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder that ultimately led him to carry out the school shooting one of the deadliest in U.S. history. Inside the courtroom, Cruz sat silently with his head down and hands collapsed for nearly an hour as Circuit Judge Elizabeth Schroeder read the jury's verdict, talking briefly with his attorney. Numerous people in the gallery shook their heads in disgust. Several people walked out of the courtroom as the verdict was being read. So I can understand exactly why they would be disgusted by this. If we're going to be honest with you, they would think that the man should be getting death penalty. He should be going to death because he killed uh, 17 people. He went in there with an AR-15 and straight just killed people. And you're giving this guy life without the possibility of parole. Now, there's certain people that might say, well, life without the possibility of parole, he's going to be in the jail system for the rest of his life. Not necessarily, because this comes from study.com. There are many types of life sentences depending on the crimes they were committed of the state where the person was sentenced and the behavior of the person during their stay in the prison. Some life sentences include uh, terminology that states without the possibility of parole. In these sentences, the only way a convicted person can ever be released is if they appeal the sentence or the conviction and win or grant a pardon. See, life without possibility of parole or life sentences in general, when they hand them down to people, it is a tricky thing. Because when you hear about life sentence, you always think, okay, this person's going to spend the rest of their life in jail. Not, that's not always the case. Certain states have, okay, you have a recommended, like, years of it. Like, certain people are 30 some odd years. And then, okay, now you're going to be out living about time in the free world. That's certain people's life. Certain people have, are able to actually go against the verdict and, again, appeal it. And they can try to win some type of pardon because they've been in jail for so long. They've changed their life. they changed their way, even though they committed a heinous crime back in their time. And now they're trying to say that they changed their life and all this type of stuff. And then wham, here you go. Life sentences are real tricky in the States, in America. I don't know how it is around the world, but in America it's real tricky. Sometimes you see people get tagged on with, okay, this person is serving three life sentences consecutively, or if you just even have to put three life sentences, that tells you that life is not life. Life has a particular year top on it. So I understand why the people will leave that courtroom being upset, why they feel that they did not get any type of justice for a person killing their child at a school who had this already in their head and they carried it out. And this person is getting a life sentence. That that doesn't seem fair to them. And I understand that completely. I truly do because if somebody were to kill 
my parent as they're out at a store and they get life in prison. No, I want this person dead. That would be me running off emotions point blank. I understand why people left that courtroom as that sentence was being reading, being read. I understand it. It's just a tricky, tricky situation. I, Me, being me, he should be on death row. Anybody that does what he did should be on death row. If you go out and you start shooting up either a school or a public place or a, a march or a protest, any place where there's mad people around, and you just walk up in there and just start shooting up, you should be going up on death row. They should serve you up on a platter on death row. I don't even know why there's any type of trial for it. But there's trials for everything because people have to uh, talk about somebody's mental health, talk about their upbringing, see if that played a factor into why they went into this route that they went into. And again, this is all human uh, emotions playing a part in everything that we do. So, I understand that fact as I grow older, but in certain cases, there should not be no type of, well, we gotta look back into their history, we gotta look back into their emotional status, we gotta, no. This person did a heinous crime. The time whenever you look back into, check into somebody's emotional stature or anything, if somebody's homeless and they just get up and start punching somebody in the face and all that, now you gotta look back like, okay, this person was homeless, there's a reason why this person's homeless, we gotta dig into their mental uh state that's whenever you get them into therapy or a psychiatrist coming to talk to them see about their mental and all that yeah cool but this kid was a kid he went up into the schoolhouse and he just started shooting up people this kid should be on death row just like dylan roof's on death row this kid right here should be on death row in my personal opinion i feel that the jurors got this wrong here but the jurors picked out a life sentence for him so I um, I feel for the families that lost their family in this, that lost their children, that lost their, that I feel sorry for the siblings that lost their siblings in this uh, shooting, that they didn't get the type of vindication that they should be getting. But um, I hope that they do. I hope that somebody says this is not a right uh, end to this story and they actually get this person on death row. That's me being me. That's just all me and my personal belief system how this thing should go down. But uh, we'll see as the future goes on. Now up to our next topic as this comes from CNN Entertainment. NeNe Leakes gives update after son suffers stroke and heart failure. NeNe Leakes has shared that her 23-year-old son is struggling to speak after suffering heart failure and a stroke two weeks ago. The former Real Housewife of Atlanta cast member took to Instagram stories on Monday to recount what happened to her son, Brent. This is not the way I wanted it to come out. She said in her video post, we wanted to be able to speak about it ourselves when Brent was in a better place. So here I am. I would rather the correct thing be out there than something that's not correct. Leek said that when something like this happens to someone so young, it is sometimes can be traced to drugs, alcohol, or an infection related to HIV. But she said her son does not drink or do drugs and has been tested for HIV. One theory, she said, is that her son may have contracted COVID-19, which can lead to issues with the heart. Leek said neither she nor her son knew him to have had the virus. Doctors, she said, have also theorized that he may have had congenital heart issue since birth that they had not seen or been aware of previously. Doctors are running additional tests, Leek said, adding that the situation has been very scary. I don't even want to go into details of what happened and how I found out and what condition he was in. She said, obviously, a stroke is a very serious thing, and he's struggling with speaking. She asked her followers to please keep him and her family in their prayers as she calls for hope. So, everybody, if you could, please keep Nene Leaks and her family in your prayers. Uh, Again, I've said this before, and I'll say this again. Hearing about somebody young getting some type of disparaging news as in their health or even mental health going on a uh, deterioration, that's a shocking thing. I think we're hearing about this more and more as the social media age goes on, and I'm glad to hear about it because this allows other young individuals to say, one, you need to go to the doctor to check on yourself when you are sick, unless you know your body 
And I have to say that because my parents will look at me because I am the sickly uh, child in my whole household and they will encourage me to go to the hospital. But I know my body enough and I know what's wrong with me when I'm sick or something and I know my ailments and all that. So if you know your ailments, please reaffirm and reassure your family members. Let them know you are okay. Let them know what's wrong with you so they won't have to worry about it but so much because the family will do that. I do have to put that discretion and disclaimer out there. But this will let young kids and teenagers and people just that are in a young mindset to get themselves checked out. If your heart is pumping too fast or you're not getting so much air into your lungs or anything and you just think that, oh, I'm just good. It's just one of these things. No, go to the hospital, get yourself checked out get those type of things uh, taken care and situated because you don't know what could sneak up on you, what could happen to you. A stroke for a 23-year-old, that's different. That's different. I'm used to hearing that for people in their 60s or even in their 50s and up. Hearing about it within a 20-some-odd-year-old kid, and I'm still going to say kid because when you're in your 20s, you're still technically a kid. In the eyes of America, you're looked at as an adult, but you don't know much like that yet. You're just stepping into adulthood. So I will vision us as kids in a way, but we're learning the ropes. So when you are 20-something, you are trying to find your way. You're trying to find out the information so you can go about your business. And when you're not taking care of your health, because you're always worried about money, 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 or education, education, you're running so much off of your energy and you don't really... Take time to sit down and breathe and think about it and actually take a relaxation day or a mental health day or even just a spa day to cleanse your mind and cleanse your body and just breathe and you keep running. You're going to get caught up and your body is not going to be able to catch up to where your mind wants it to go. And something might happen to you. I'm not saying that will happen to Nini's son here. I have no idea. I'm just saying I want everybody to please take a breather. Take a step back and just breathe and just reassess yourself. Ask yourself, am I doing good? Is my mental health doing good? Is my physical health doing good? And if not, look at where you can help yourself. Look at where you can improve your mental health. Look at where you can improve your physical health. Because we all can improve on something every day as we get the chance to live on this earth where certain people didn't get the chance to live on this earth. Certain people were here today, gone tomorrow. So, please just take the opportunity to think about yourself. Don't always think about everybody. You can do that, but sometimes in a day, whether it be an hour or two, just take time to stop, breathe, and just reassess yourself and make sure that you're doing good. Because when you're doing good, I guarantee you people will be happy to see you the next day and know that you're doing good. Because again, certain people need to see other people so their day can be fine. That's just the way humans work. We work off of being with each other and seeing each other in the common uh, spaces that we see everyone. When you don't see certain individuals, you become worried. That's why we have cell phones on us to call people out. So, again, uh, hearts and prayers go out to Nini and her family and this time that they're in. I hope her son is actually able to recover and um, get back to his normal self. It's going to take some time because a stroke is a serious situation and a heart failure is a big situation. So, my thoughts and prayers are to the leaks family. Now, deviating from one Real Housewife onto another, as this comes from page six, Cynthia Bailey addresses rumors uh, her ex-husband, or soon-to-be ex, Mike Hill, cheated before divorce filing. Uh, Real Housewife of Atlanta alum Cynthia Bailey denied rumors that cheating played a role in her split from estranged husband, Mike Hill. The Bravo star, who is 55, addressed this speculation in her first interview since telling fans she filed for divorce on Wednesday. There was no infidelity to my knowledge. Mike never had sex with any other woman during our marriage, she told People. At the end of the day, it just came down to a number of things. And I respect Mike and I respect our marriage too much to go into the details of those things. 
but it was nothing scandalous. We just outgrew each other. Bailey continued, noting it was not a tragic ending for the pair who got married in 2020. Now, this plays a part, a big part, into the whole title till death do us part because recently a lot of people have just been starting getting a divorce. A lot of entertainment couples are starting to get a divorce. You got Cynthia Bailey and her husband, as uh, just was reported from page six, that they are getting a divorce. They She filed it this Wednesday. Uh, the sister-sister actress, uh, Tia Maori, she just got, she just filed for a divorce from her husband of 14 years, I believe. Either it was last week or two weeks ago. Um, Anthony Anderson and his wife, his wife uh, filed for divorce um, some time ago, and they're now coming up to almost settling their divorce after a seven-month battle over finances. I mean, and you're now getting the speculations and rumors that have been peddled out by <clears throat> the media about um, Tom Brady and his wife getting a divorce. Now, I don't know if that's true, but there has been constant rumors, constant speculations. There's even been reports that Tom Brady and his wife both have hired divorce lawyers. And I don't know what to say about that because every time Tom Brady was out there on the field, football field, you always hear about his wife being his number one cheerleader and all this type of stuff in previous years past. So I don't know what happened there. People might be saying irreconcilable differences. People might be saying that Tom Brady chose football over his family. I'm not going to speculate or get into that. I just want to talk about the whole concept of marriage. Okay? Marriage is monogamy. Monogamy is a one-on-one -on -one person relationship. Nobody else gets into that relationship. It's just strictly those two. They have sex with each other. They're um, emotionally equipped. They're emotionally stable. You share everything. You guys basically become one. Now, there are some relationships which are polyamory or polyamorous relationships. And polyamorous is the act of having intimate relationships with more than one person at a time. You're not married. You're just in a relationship, but you can have a partner here and your partner can have a partner there. But it's all about communication between you two and about how you guys decide about picking out your partners in this extra opened relationship. And a polygamy relationship is basically somebody or a couple being married but one person in that marriage is married to multiple people you see in the hbo show big love there's the tlc show where a guy is married to uh multiple wives i think one of his wives just divorced him so now he's down to three he was at four now he's down to three here's my thing on marriage and i've been a rock on this for some time now I mean this wholeheartedly. The time of marriage is done. It's finito. Get that out of here. Do I think monogamy still could be a thing? Yes. I just think that the idea and concept of marriage is over. I think that people put too much strain on themselves when they get into this mindset that you are mine, I am yours, which is monogamy at first. But then when you start putting in legal ramifications. You start talking about, okay, who has more money here? And if you get a divorce, we got to break that down and bust that down. Even though one person that came into the marriage might not have came in with the amount of money that the other person did, meaning that one person came up with more money and got married. And now the other person that came into the marriage with less money might be able to get a piece or a bigger like chunk of their former partner's income, even though they had nothing to do with it. That's the reason why prenups are made. And even in that situation, people don't even get married because of the prenups. People have a problem because they don't want to sign a prenup because people will use the line, you are preparing for divorce and I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but you are putting in a contingency plan. Certain people don't even like hearing that idea. Here's my whole thought process on it all marriage is not a thing anymore marriage is come and go marriages are not it the whole concept the whole idea i don't like it i never did like it 
I don't like how the law or people outside of your marriage or outside of your relationship can dictate to you and your soon-to-be ex-spouse that, hey, yo, by the way, uh, he owes you this amount of money for child support. He owes you this amount of money for spousal support and vice versa because now we're starting to see the women have to pay the men spousal support, child support, and people are getting outraged over that because they already use the women thing that a woman doesn't make as much money as a man. And he's a man. He should be going out there making his own money. And listen, the law is the law in that way. And you guys fight for equal rights. So you got to be equal in that situation whenever the split happens. And the law just happens to fall on the guy's side because majority of the time, the law usually falls on the woman's side. So you guys cannot be cherry picking. <clears throat> on when you guys want to decide of, hey, that's not right. You guys can't cherry pick. If you're going to fight for equal rights, you got to fight for equal rights. You got to stand on that. Equal rights means equal. But monogamy can't be a thing. Just the concept and idea of marriage alone cannot be a thing. I think when people get into these marriages, they start losing the luster, especially with social media being out here. Social media plays a part because... When you're in a relationship, you're already on social media off top because you were single and then you got together. You already had your social media pages. Now you're going to start evaluating people's couples uh, social media pages. If somebody that you are friends with are always on vacation as it seemed off of their social media pages and you're not on trips you're going to start wondering, why are we not doing trips? Why are we not on vacation? Why are we not doing these things that I see my friends or see people that I'm following on social media doing, and I might be in that age bracket just like them, how am I not doing this? You're going to, that's going to cause some problems. That's going to cause problems within your relationship. And also when it comes down to the holidays and the gift givings, people are going to have problems with them because I've said it before and I mean it and I to my bones. Valentine's Day and Christmas are the two biggest women flex days that you will ever have on this planet that you will see women flex to other women on those days meaning you will see women post up instagram videos or photos or any type of thing to show what their guy has done for them on these specific days and you will see women start getting into fights with their man on those days because they might not be able to give them what they see their friend or the person that they're following on social media, what their partner has given them. I don't really see that much on the man's side, to be honest with you. Again, me speaking as a man, so I always got to put that disclaimer as well. I don't see that majority on the man's side. I don't see men getting up with another man on Valentine's or even uh, Christmas or any of that type of stuff saying, oh, look at my baby. I don't see men playing those type of chess uh, games the same way that I see women do it. It's a whole thing. And if people try to say that I'm lying, I'm not. That's a thing. Women play these chess games with each other to say, my man's better than your man. My relationship's better than yours and all that type of stuff. It's a thing. I don't like it. I think that everybody else's relationship is different. Certain relationships, they are built off of toxicity and they're actually able to last and people might say you allow him to talk to you like that and that's the way that it is certain people like the big masculine man saying hey you're in the house you're barefoot you're taking care of our children and while i go out make the bacon come home and that's what it is and i'm able to give you financial stability i'm able to give you stability of the home what I expect of you is to give me stability in the bedroom. I expect you to have a plate ready for me when I get home. Certain people have that type of relationship and other people don't understand it. I just feel that relationships as a whole is built off of communication between the people that are actually in those relationships. And when you get put into a marriage, those communication skills that you have before the marriage starts to deteriorate. After years passes by, those relationship conversations, those previous foundations that you had when you first started, start deteriorating. And people start asking themselves and having these midlife crises or mid-relationship crises of, what am I doing here with this person? 
this person isn't treating me the same way that they used to treat me. Well, guess what? Time has passed. You guys know each other now. You guys didn't know each other at the beginning. So you and him were both putting on a facade to each other to try to bag each other. You guys were doing that. So now that you guys have each other, guess what? You guys don't have to put in the time, the energy, the work as much as you did at the beginning. Certain people might say that's a problem. I say that's a problem unless that person keeps the same energy that they did at the beginning. Meaning if somebody was a scumbag or a dirtbag at the beginning and you fell in love with them, don't expect them to change. That's them. They let you know off top and that person is still the exact same person as years go on and you might be different. You can't get mad at that person for not changing. That person met you at their exact level and you might go up notches, but you can't be mad at them for not going up notches with you because you accepted them as a dirtbag. You accepted them as scummy or whatever the case may be, bummy, uh, having no job, willing to live off of you. You accept them as that. And then that person said that you bagged. They're thinking, why are you upset now? You knew me then. I was doing that then. Why are you upset now? You got to meet people where you're at, where they're at, to be more specific. You got to meet them where they're at. I want people to understand that. When you are in a marriage or you are in a situation that you guys have committed yourselves to each other, which people will say that is a marriage, you guys got to have those foundations packed down. You guys got to have those communications uh, conversations. You guys got to have those hard conversations with each other. I think with this time and age, people don't want to have those hard conversations anymore. I think after those couple of years they were together, after those, what, two, three, four, five years, people start losing interest in their partner of conversational uh, meaning. They start losing interest in the conversation. They don't know how to carry a conversation. You just start losing out on just the, that that foundation. Conversation is always the foundation for anything. If you want to know somebody, you got to have conversation with them. It's basic, basic human foundations. That's all it is. That's what a relationship is. And I wish I could talk to somebody that was in a relationship right now on this episode right here, specifically this topic, besides my parents, because those two, I have a biased, uh, biased situation with them. They're my parents. They've been together for what? Mad years, 30 some odd years. They've known each other majority of their whole entire existence of life since they were teenagers. <clears throat> so they have stories that they tell us. And I have known about their stories. I know about their love. I know about their ups and downs, their uh, triumphs and their uh, transgressions towards each other. I know their uh, hardships. Every relationship goes through a hardship with each other. I'm not saying my parents had like many hardships, like, Ugh, but no, they had hardships. It's a marriage. You think of your old grandma and grandpops or your great grandma and grandpops that were together for a long period of time. You think they didn't have some transgressions and some hardships with each other? No, they did. They had some hardships. Some of them hated each other for a long period of time. And then they were actually able to undo the hatred and fall back in love with each other. That's the same thing with marriages. That's exactly what happened. Certain people might say, I didn't get a divorce from your grandfather because I had children. I had your mom and dad. Well, your your parents or your whoever it is of that situation here. And I stayed around for the stayed around for the kids and then we were actually able to fall back in love. Or people might say they are just together because of the kids and they wait until the kids grow up and then they get a divorce. That whole thing is just wild to me. I think you should be in a marriage or be in a relationship because you actually love someone and then that's just it. I know you guys are going to have some hardships. You guys are going to have some uh, hard times, but you guys chose each other. Nobody put you guys together unless you were in a arranged marriage. And then that's a situation there. But if it's two people that are willingly choosing each other and you guys put yourself in a situation, you guys did that yourselves. Nobody else did that. You guys did. So for me, again, I think a monogamous relationship could work. It's just you got to have those communication skills packed down. 
I do not know how polyamory relationships work at all, or even polygamy relationships at work. Again, those are the two like taboo uh, situations, but they're starting to be now be shown more and more to start not becoming so taboo to allow people to say, you know what, you can't have a polyamory relationship or a polyamory uh Polygamy relationship is all about, again, communication. You got to have communication with the partners, communication with your partner. Are they cool with this? Are they not cool with this? What's your boundaries? What do you guys not want to do? You got to have communication. Communication is key in everything that you do in life. And I think that when it comes down to a relationship, certain people just don't have that uh, communication skills anymore. People don't want to choose to have those communication skills anymore. So... Again, till death do you part, that's a part of a marriage uh, thing that you recite at the wedding. And again, I am real, real uh, stern on those type of things. If I were to get married to you, you're mine. I'm yours until like you like beat me up because I'm never touching a woman. So I have to say until you beat me up. Um, That's just kind of my thing. I'm not getting married. I don't see myself getting married ever. I see myself just being uh, with someone. And then when we don't want to be with each other, we can just have a clean split without no legal paperwork or no nothing. That's it. But again, certain people have their ways for marriages. Certain people don't. Certain people decide to be in marriages for other reasons. That's all their situation. I just think that when you get married, you should know who you're marrying. You should know the conversation that you guys had. Is this a person that you guys could uh, see yourself literally being with? For the rest of your life, are you willing to have these type of conversations? Is is he a good conversationalist? Is she a good conversationalist? How do you think she's going to be or he's going to be when you guys have children or will you have children? There are just certain topics I think people just skip out on when you guys have the idea that you guys want to get married or you are thinking about getting married. I'm just saying, please just look into it. Please ask yourself. Please ask your partner. Have those conversations. Have those deep conversations with each other. Or you want to have a monogamous relationship or somewhere down the line, you guys are monogamous. Then you might say, you know what? I want to expand my, expand this relationship. Know your partner because certain times your partner might be cool with it. Certain times your partner might be like, nah, we're not doing that. So again, conversation is key. Please have those conversations with your spouse, whoever it is, and just figure that out. But again, that's my whole rant on marriage and the whole, uh, till death do you part deal. Now, before I get you guys out of here. Just got to talk about one more last thing. Alex Jones. Alex Jones, this week, he was handed down the verdict that he has to pay close to $1 billion for the information, or rather I say misinformation, that he was spewed on his InfoWars show about Sandy Hook. As this comes from Insider, as it reads, Alex Jones mocks $965 million Sandy Hook verdict. Do these people actually think they're getting any of this money? Alex Jones was nowhere to be found in the Connecticut courtroom on Wednesday as a jury ordered the InfoWars host to pay nearly $1 billion in compensatory damages to the families of the Sandy Hook victims. Instead, the conspiracy theorist was live streaming and laughing at the monumental verdict, assuring his viewers that he has no plans to actually pay what is owed. Jones spent years pushing false theories of the 2012 Sandy Hook Elementary shooting in Newtown, Connecticut, in which 20 first graders and six adults were killed, was a government hoax aimed at restricting gun access. As the damages continued to mount on Wednesday, Jones mocked the verdict in an emergency live broadcast on his website. This must be what hell's like, he said, according to NBC News reporter Ben Collins. They just read out the damages, even though you don't got the money. On his live stream, Jones said he hoped there would be a cap on the amount of damages and told viewers that he had lost count as the jury continued to read. At the conclusion of the jury's order, Jones, in a return to form, suggested that the hefty charge was a scare tactic. They want to scare us away from the question, Yavalde or Parkland. He said, according to Collins, we're not going away. We're not going to stop. This man needs to be stopped. Somebody take the internet. Somebody take the phone away from this stupid idiot. Jesus Christ. Uvalde, Parkland shooting. All these school shootings are real, dog. Nobody is setting up a government shop, a government testing screen and seeing a movie shot of kids getting killed and families going out there to the media and crying. Dear God, woe is me. My child is dead. Nobody is doing any of this. 
what type of stupid nonsense is this man on? I don't understand. Whatever type of drug he's on, I mean, he has the best type of drug, allegedly. Again, I'm not saying he's on. I'm just saying for this guy to constantly say that this thing was a scare tactic and now continually to pile on saying that Yavaldi and Parkland, come on, dog. You Somebody take the internet away from him. Somebody take his phone. Somebody take his show, something away from him so he can stop doing damages to himself. Don't he kind of think that paying, even if there is a cap, $250 million is a problem? That is literally a quarter of a billy that you got to pay up if there is a cap. But if there is no cap, you got to pay close to $1 billion, fam. This is ridiculous. Take this guy out of here, not in a death way. I want to clarify that because people will say, take him out of here, meaning death. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying, take this man off the internet. Take him off the internet. What y'all have done to Kanye West, do what you did to Alex Jones. Take him off everything. Just take him off, okay? Take Alex Jones off for real. I don't understand how he didn't even get took off the internet. You guys still allow this man to be on the internet with his conspiracy theory of saying that a school shooting was a hoax. Y'all want me to be outraged about Kanye West. Get out of here. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it at all. Y'all should understand. Y'all should pick and choose your battles. I just want to throw that one in there too. Because Kanye, yes, he says some pretty derogatory things that are inexcusable. I'm just going to be blunt with that too. But you guys still have Alex Jones out here on the internet and you guys were willing to take Kanye West off the internet. Y'all say what y'all want. That's a race thing. That is a straight up race thing. But, hey, to each his own on that. I don't own the internet. I don't own the media. I don't own none of it. I just own my own platform and I'm glad that the stations that have me on here that allow me to still be on here allows me to say what I want to say because they know I'm not that controversial like that. Because if I was, I guarantee you I probably wouldn't be on these situations since everybody's going PC now. Extremely PC. But, again, take Alex Jones off the internet. Take him off. Somebody needs to be in his ear. Somebody needs to be his protector and take him off and say, stop being an idiot. Stop being stupid. Get off of this. Okay? Alex Jones, if nobody has done that for you, let me do that for you right now. Publicly. Get off the internet. Stop being an a-hole. Stop being a jackrabbit. All right? Go home or wherever you call home, sit back and just think about what you have done. Okay? Don't try to be more controversial. Quit it. I understand there's a piece of the nation that's going to follow your every word. Those people need to get their heads reevaluated too. Just going to be blown with you. Because again, school shootings, I don't even understand how you question a school shooting being real or not. But. Those people need to get their heads evaluated. Alex Jones, you need to get your head evaluated. And you need to sit back and get off the internet and just pay up. Pay these people their money. Now, with that all being said, let me get you guys out of here. On Twitter, you can find me at, at My2Podcast. Instagram, My2SensePodcastG2. And my email, if you want to email me about anything, my email is My2SensePod at Yahoo.com. And if you miss any of those links, they are in the episode description below or wherever you can just listen watch and look at the episode descriptions um i want to thank apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, podbean spotify all these different podcast uh sites that have me on there again as i said before you guys could have took me off but you guys haven't i really do appreciate you guys for that i also appreciate you the fans or you the people that have downloaded this podcast and downloaded podcast episodes each week I see it when I look at the stats. I really do appreciate it. It means the world to me. You have no idea, especially since I'm coming up on episode 100 real soon. I really do appreciate that. Now, with that all being said, always remember. I love you. I love you. I love you. I do love you all. I thank you all. Please have a blessed day. Please have a blessed Sunday. Please have a great week. Don't let nobody deter you from being great. Don't let nobody deter you from getting your money. Just do what you got to do to make it another day. And also, if you feel suicidal or you feel like you don't want to be on this earth anymore, please contact the suicide hotline. I have that in the episode description as well. Because there are people on this planet and people that you see every day that want to see you because you might light their world up when they see your face and they have these conversations or have conversations with you. 
you have no idea what you are bringing to the table when you see somebody so please uh, call the suicide hotline and just be aware that people care for you people do honor you and value you now with that all being said this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i and i am him this isn't goodbye this is until you hear from the sweet sounding voice again and with that all being said kanye could you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept uh-huh.